A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm itchy. Hello and welcome to the Red Men TV. That's the strangest introduction <laughs> not, ever to Red Men Radio number 80. Tom, it is. <laughs> no, it's not. It's definitely it's 110%. Dead, it's going to start. They'll be like, why are they both laughing? I wonder what happened just before this. And we'll leave it in so that they know anyway. Um, so it is episode number 80. <laughs> Tom is itchy. Uh, <laughs> and we have got our kickoff question to start us off from Dino622 on Twitter. You have to go on a reality TV. TV show and perform a double act with a member of the current squad or coaching staff. Who would you pick and what show are you going on? See, I had real trouble with this because I don't watch reality TV. I don't know. Is there a TV show where they go into a into a, like a, a circus and do things like that? Because I really want to do Lion Taming with Alison. Sounds like Britain's Got Talent. Yeah, let's do it like that. Or I want to do Fire Breathing, but he burn his beard. So like we have to be careful. You'd have to like have a protective thing. Just something are you cool doing the Alison. fire breathing as well? I, I don't know how to do it. So I mean, I'll, I'll spit <laughs> gasoline into act. the what air. What are you gonna do? You're gonna be as Debbie McGee. I'll be like I'll be like Bezo, whatever his name is, and just uh, just dance while and he the does happy it. Happy Mondays. Yeah, yeah. Okay, sounds. Um, I don't think we'll so, get very far. So what you're saying is to do this double act. Alison's gonna do the trick, and you're gonna stand there and look pretty. Yeah, well, that's what I usually do. That's why I'm on all the shows. Yeah, is to look great. Yeah, it's a, it's a shame that we started doing video podcasts, really. <laughs> but we have, and, we're, and you're here. So thanks very much for joining us. Uh, you can get this, of course, on iTunes uh, and Spotify now as well. And Ooh. if you are watching, leave us a nice review. Um, so I've gone probably a little bit more tame, okay. I suppose, like that one. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, lion tame and tame. There you go. Um, <laughs> Had to explain the joke. There you go. <laughs> well, you never know. Sometimes, yeah, okay, next. Um, I've decided to go and I want to do us like a singing, dancing combo. Okay. And I was thinking about who, and I started watching all the um, the videos of the lads doing their initiations and stuff, because first of all, I was thinking, oh, I could sing some Oasis with Alison and his guitar. You know, he likes a bit of Slide Away, that's and true. that's one of my favourite Oasis songs when they do it live. Um, and I thought, that's a bit too easy. And then I realised that who is involved in all of those Daniel Sturridge, yeah, because Daniel Sturridge gets up and is a part of things, and he doesn't like he steals the show, but it's not his song, you know what I mean? Yeah. And if I'm gonna go for something, I want someone to give 100 percent effort, 100 percent of the time, and Daniel Sturridge off the pitch can do that. That's true. That is true. I, I thought you were gonna go with Bobby Firmino because I figured he just comes up with loads of mad dancers, and it'd be off the cuff, and then you could be like the manator Firmino and steal his his dancers live. I could do that, you know, but I'm going to stick with Daniel Sturridge. And what we're going to do is we're going to go old school and we're just going to go Michael Jackson thriller. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'd I think, watch that. Yeah, I think, you know, me and him would look great together. So you're both Michael Jackson? We're both doing the dance. We're doing we're doing all of it, mate, you know what I mean? Like every single bit of the dance. And I think Daniel will enjoy himself. Yeah. And if Daniel isn't enjoying himself, 
I'm enjoying myself, Tom, and yeah. therefore we'd win Britain's Got Talent. I reckon, honestly, you should probably win Britain's Got Talent. You go. if you'd do the same routine every single time. Golden and buzzer. Still win. We'll get the golden buzzer. Yeah, yeah. You don't know what that is, do nope. you? You're just nodding along. Yeah. yeah. Okay, um, enough of that. Let's get into the Liverpool stuff. So we'll start with the news in brief. Um, injuries, injuries, injuries. Um, Hendo's got a tight hamstring. Klopp said it was not that he felt nothing, but he didn't feel a lot. He wanted to carry on. That's a good sign. We decided no. Hopefully, it's nothing. Hopefully, Jordan's okay. Kaita Klopp said they are normal issues. It shouldn't be that long. They're not. It's not too serious. Naby, maybe we have to be a bit more patient. So probably not involved this week. Yeah. Mane's got his broken thumb. It shouldn't be that long. Both are not too serious. Sadio, especially, we have to see how it develops in the next few days. And we know now that Sadio Mane is back in training. In other news, not quite as Liverpool centric. There is a new format for the Club World Cup, Tom. This is mad. I a 12-team format based on previous glories. I love that. So, no PSG. No, no Man City. No Manchester you've City. You've got to have been a big club. At some, you've got to have done things that'll rile a few feathers on it. And yeah. Here's the thing. It, it, it's not, I think what's happening is UEFA are looking at that and, and they're looking at their competitions and going, wow, you know, FIFA, sorry, you're looking at their competition. We need to get something here with the clubs, the big clubs, yeah. the one that's driving all the engagement, the one that's driving all the traffic. So what we can do is get the biggest clubs in world football into one competition. It's due to start. They're talking about it in uh, the capital of Rwanda in the next couple of weeks, which I've been to, which is mad. Um, and they're going to discuss this 12-team format. And you can get in there if you're not a historically big club. Mm-hmm. But we don't know what that could be based on yet. We, it's not, it's not, you know, it's not been signed off or anything. But it's due to start in twenty twenty one if it is signed off. Um, so I'd imagine someone like a Manchester City will make it. I oh, imagine definitely. someone like a PSG will. Randomly, you need three European cups, but Juventus will be in there anyway. Well, again, I think I think it's what's going to drive the biggest revenue. If that's what they're going for, they're obviously going to put these newly big clubs in there because you've got to. The, I mean, Man City's fan base are not probably as world famous as like United's fan bases just all around the world in Asia it's huge like Liverpool's is as well and that's the thing is you they want to build that as well and that'd be a great opportunity for them being playing these massive tires and I think the Juventus chief executive is on the board so they've put a yeah. little addendum nice. in that says Juventus can go in because they've won two intercontinental titles as well oh, as two course. Champions Leagues hmm yeah Hmm. Um, anyway, um, something focused more on Liverpool, and this is a mad story, and it kind of passed me by at the weekend. But Ben Woodburn was back in action for the under twenty threes as they lost three two to Derby. Tom, mm-hmm. but he's on a season long loan at Sheffield United. It's mad because it says here the second and the manager's just like, well, we're playing well. There's there's eight other players in there who can't get game time either, and he said he's not special because he comes from Liverpool. Sound, you've got to work your way into these teams, and it, it is unfortunate for him because he's on loan so that we can see him progress and then he can get back into the Liverpool side. But they're being smart about it, they're saying, All right, he's not getting game time there, he didn't play for Wales, let's get him back at the under 23s. And that's not a bad thing. I mean, I know they lost and stuff, but he needs to carry on playing football games. And it's a shame that it's not working out at his long club, really. But it's whatever, yeah. Listen, Sheffield United under Wilder, I think, are second in the championship yeah, at the yeah. moment. So you're looking at that and you're thinking, Fair play, they're playing well, they're doing well in the league, they're up there, aren't they? Um, and Ben Woodburn can't get inside. It's disappointing that he can't get into the side more than anything else. Yeah. I think, you know, I would expect, you know, a Liverpool wonder kid to be able to walk into a championship side. But I'm glad that Wilder's not holding him back in that regard and that, 
you know, he's the one who said he could join up with Liverpool. He didn't get any minutes for Wales in the international break, but he's gone and he's played 65 minutes or so of football in the under-23s, and, and that's good. That's progressive, isn't it, yeah. management? You know, it's better than him sitting there doing nothing with the Sheffield United. Interestingly, Tom, Liverpool can recall him this season if they want to. That I mean, maybe that's something that's going to happen. Maybe he'll just say to the club, look, I'd rather train with you. If I'm not going to get game time there, I know I'm not going to get game time at Liverpool, I'd rather train there and then maybe if you get further into a cup, I can play and see what happens if he comes off the bench. And It is a shame. You would think he'd break in, but he's still, he's still pretty young, isn't he? I mean... There's still plenty of time for him to develop. I think he'll probably stay there and fight for his place. He, I think he's good enough there. I, I really do think so. And that'll show a lot more about the, the, the person that he is. If he just goes, no, I don't want to be recalled. Let me play. Let me work my way into the side. And let's let's win the championship with them. Okay, I like that. I like that. Um, okay, on to the big topic. Um, we've obviously got Champions League football Back at Anfield, it's going to be a little bit strange in that there's not going to be any fans of the other club there, so no Red Star fans, but there will be Red Star fans in the city, I'm, I'm sure of oh, that. Yeah. Tom, this is we pinpointed this when the group was drawn, as these are the two games, back-to-back, in the centre, fixtures three and four in the Champions League of six. These are the fixtures that we have to win, and listen, I know that they're... Generally, their defensive record's really good, mm-hmm. but seeing Paris Saint-Germain slot six yeah. past them in the last game, we've got to go out there and prove a point, haven't we? This has got to be our Maribor of 2018. It's got to be, and I think it's the perfect opportunity to do this. I mean, obviously, a lot's riding on it, but at the same time, not a lot's riding on it in my mind. We have to go out there and win, but... You say there's not a lot to ride on it, but if we lose... Oh, we're far down, I know. You know, we're in a difficult spot because... Napoli at home could go either way. Paris Saint-Germain away could go yeah. one way or the other. Maybe I misspoke there then, or maybe it is. Maybe it, you're right, they are two must-wins. Uh, to be honest, we did the umbu and I, I kind of sat there and went, oh yeah, we, we'll beat them. And then there was a really good comment on there, top comment that I've, I've pinned there. So if anyone wants to go and see that, it's up there. Really in-depth knowledge about it. And he's basically talking about them and saying who their best players are. Inter- interestingly, he says here, look... Their best player is Marco Marin. Oh, yeah, who's a doubt. But he's a doubt now. I was reading before. So their best player isn't there. They've got a few under injury issues. So it's a perfect chance. It, apparently, they're not very good on the wings in terms of pace. That's what we have as our strength. You know what I mean? Overlapping as well, not even our front three. So it's one of them where we've got the quality there. Let's just go out and show it. I think we have to, don't we? I mean, it, you know, I did mention it is going to be a strange atmosphere at Anfield. It will. I don't know. It could, which way do you think it's going to go? Do you think it's going to be better because there's no away fans or worse? I think it's not really going to matter. We're going to sing our hearts out because it's a Liverpool Champions League at Anfield, and that's what Anfield is. It's always been that way, and it's always fun having someone to bounce back off. But me and you are going to be in the cup. It's not going to stop us singing. If anything, it's going to make us want to make it louder because there needs to be an atmosphere in the ground. We're going to sing for ninety minutes like we always do when we're in the cup. So there's a lot. There's a lot of people there that that will do that. I'm, 
I'm interested to see that when we score, how the other stands react. Because mm. uh, I know the Annie Rhodes brilliant as well. And the Annie Rhodes normally sort of curtailed slightly by the fact that it's difficult to sing when there's another set yeah. of supporters. That Annie Road end, I've been in that Annie Road and I've been in that Annie Road end for big games. In fact, the Dortmund game in the Europa League, I was there. And that was one of the best atmospheres yeah. I've ever been in. And we still had the Dortmund fans next to us and I couldn't hear them, but I was in the corner. It could be that the Annie Road end rivals the cop in this yeah. game I suppose couldn't it imagine if we're like bouncing off each other I'm, like there's, there's so many opportunities here for us to have a laugh with it as well some chance going you are invisible and all that I don't know it's kind of I'm glad you're not the song yeah exactly I'm really bad at doing them but I'll sing if it's funny you know what I mean there's loads of there's loads of opportunities where I kind of want to watch it back and see what they put like because all the crowd noise, you know what I mean? They make sure that the aways are usually louder, weirdly, you know, they turn their mics up a little bit. I just want to hear the whole of Anfield. It's, it's going to be a weird, weird thing. And the fact that the Liverpool have given, you know, I think around about a 1,000 tickets have been put up to sale for 17 to 21-year-olds mm. as well. It's brilliant. I think that's really good. So you could get this real sort of edgy Anfield road end where there's a load of young lads and girls who don't get to go to the match a lot yeah. who are now able to go and just sing their heart out for a Champions League game that they wouldn't ordinarily yeah. be there for, which is going to be wicked. On to the football then, Tom. It is time for the front three to shine, is it not? Yeah, it is, and I said I've said before on a few things where we are clicking in terms of positional things. We're clicking in terms of how we're, when we're choosing to break on people in terms of the counter attack and how we're choosing to overload and stuff like that. But the final ball's just been off. That's what we need to do. We need to get one goal, two goals, get comfortable, and then just start showing ourselves that we're good enough to play these final balls it seems like we're a bit timid we're second guessing ourselves let's not do that get an early one and just go out there and 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 maul the team i know it's a bit disrespectful if you're going to do that but keep going now nah, run the score up. yeah exactly you've got to especially with psg obviously I haven't beaten them 6-1 as well and the, and the game obviously psg v napoli um could decide which way this group goes as well you know PSG at home in this one I think it's important that Liverpool try and get back to that front three play and I mentioned it earlier at the top of the segment that I wanted this to be our Maribor yeah. uh, of 2018 I think that's what we should be aiming for we should be looking at this now and saying this is the time where we can get on and kick on you know Salah scored at the weekend can he get another two two goals in a week if Jürgen Klopp can Tom are you playing all front, all of the front three? I think you've got to. Again, it, it's all about the confidence and pushing that on for the for the Premier League as we as we as we move on. This is the easiest round of fixtures for a little bit. We've got through the hard part. We've slugged through that. We've we've had to defend when we've had like when we've needed to. You saw the Napoli away. Look, we were terrible, but we obviously set to defend because we knew it was going to be tough. These are the games where you go all out, and you may as well put your you your best your front foot forward with your front three, like nice. that. Um, and you've got to that's yeah you've got to, and I I think it'll pay dividends. What okay. about you? I, I would absolutely one hundred percent be putting all front three out. And you know I don't care about Mane's broken thumb. I do, but I don't at the same time. Fine, a yeah. broken thumb for me for a footballer is not an injury. You should be missing games for. Yeah. Quite frankly, I mean I don't know what the rules and the regulations are with wearing like stuff. But I mean, you know, Petr Cech's been wearing a head guard for how many years? I've seen I've seen people wearing casts and stuff like that before in the nineties. You've got to be able to put something on there that protects that thumb. And Mane just has to play a little bit smarter for me. It will be it will be strange if he goes over on it. That's gonna be a bit worrying because I mean 
for it, for, it's it's not an injury that should affect you, but if you've got a throbbing pain because someone's tripped you over and you've you put your hand down first, that's gonna be something that you're gonna be thinking about. Honestly, I think Mane's a good footballer. He's gonna put that out of his mind. He's one on one with the goalkeeper. He's not gonna be thinking about his thumb. So I, I agree. Just get him, get him on the pitch. And then and then for me, you know, we talked about it a little bit on the build up show, but. I think this could be a really key game for Fabinho and his development into this Liverpool side as well. And what I mean by that is, you know, I talk about we talk about the pace of the Premier League so often, don't we? And you know, I think a home game against the side that you should probably be beating in the Champions League if you harbour ambitions of going far in the competition. Certainly, this is the type of game where he can come in, he can settle himself a little bit. I think it's difficult with twenty minutes against um, Huddersfield in a game where we needed to stem the tide almost as well because you know they had more possession than us. They had fifty eight percent possession to forty two in the second half uh, of the Huddersfield game. So he was really brought on there. We changed the formation. His his passing accuracy wasn't great. You know he completed uh, seven passes I think in his twenty one minutes at fifty eight percent. That's not good enough for a centre midfielder at Liverpool. Not good enough for a, a side who wants to dominate the ball at home. I think now, given a little bit more time, maybe a little bit more space, a slower pace, he can really go on and show us what he's got and show us whether I'm right in that he's offering more than a six. Show us what he does in the six. Yeah, I kind of want him to do, and this might sound counterintuitive, I want him to do exactly what Jordan Henderson does. Just have a game where he literally just passes it side to side, backwards, retains possession, maybe sprays a ball over the top every now and then. And yeah, people go, oh, why is he doing this? Why is he not playing like this expansive football? And you just go, because he's developing his way into this team. You've got to start somewhere. Just do that. Add the frills later. And this is the perfect opportunity for me where we're going to have a lot of the ball. We're in Anfield. There's going to be no away fans to give him grief if the ball goes out of play. It's all going to be, come on, heads up, let's go, let's go. Even if we can see let's go it's fine you know what I mean we're still going to be behind you so I think it's the perfect opportunity and look maybe it'll shock me maybe he will literally just start striding out of midfield we'll know we'll one of the mid, other midfielders will just dip in, let him go forward, and he'll play a through ball to Salah, he'll score. We saw him do that. We saw him take on a man at centre field against Huddersfield, didn't yeah. we? Where he, he kind of had no rights to, mm. but it... It reminded me, and I don't want to. I think I've, I've drew this compar- drawn this comparison before of like a Yaya Torre when he was in his pomp for Manchester City. That sort of it's almost it's almost disrespectful yeah. to the opposition. It's like I shouldn't be trying to take you on here. I'm in my half. It's about halfway line. I've got an easy pass on, but I don't respect you, and I'm going to run past you. Yeah, and that would that would fucking piss me off on a football field. To oh, be yeah. honest with you, if he did that. And it would what it would also be what endears me to Fabinho as a Liverpool fan. Yeah, I mean, imagine, imagine he just runs up. The, you look at what made Robbo just be be loved by all the fans. It was just out of character. Never seen anyone do it before. Just storming up the pitch and showing heart and desire and getting up there. And we all we we responded to that. We went that that's exactly what we want from a football player. It it'd be great just to see him. Just do that, but for me, I, I want him to just look defensively solid. Some of the tackles he was putting in against Huddersfield were brilliant. Even With his when go-go he's gadget legs, yeah, he's stumbling on the floor and then his leg just appears and takes the ball away, and it's it's a clean tackle as well. It's not taking any of a man. He just bang. I know where my foot needs to go, and it would be really nice to have someone that could do that in the middle of the park. Jordan Henderson's very much an interceptor, uh, and. Uh, He's a good tackler, don't get me wrong. Emery Chan was good in terms of he was strong and just slid in and got it. It'd be nice to have someone else who's a bit different and sort of because he likes to take a yellow card, he likes to take the professional foul in their half. But 
he's so clean at tackling from what I've seen so far. It'd be really nice to see our oh, red star on the attack. Oh, Fabinho's leg stops it again. Again, exactly. So I, yeah, I can't wait to see what what he can produce. Okay, uh, we did a, a focus on Fabinho actually on this week's Stats and Tactics show. Now, mm. the clip we've got isn't around Fabinho, but I did analyse his role in the side. What was the clip about again? Uh, Joe Gomez. Joe Gomez, right. Okay, I thought Joe had a brilliant game against yeah. Huddersfield, and here's a little clip to tell you why. I wanted to look at this first and foremost because I was interested to see who Joe Gomez was passing to and whether we'd see anything different between him and Trent Alexander-Arnold. And we didn't. What we saw was a very Trent Alexander-Arnold-like performance from Joe Gomez. We think of Joe Gomez as being in this defensive right back when he's played there. And I think I think that's a bit harsh to be honest with you. You can see here the most passes he's made was into Mo Salah. Eleven times he played the ball into Mo Salah. I think that's a really, really cool piece of knowledge. Um, six times to Dejan, six times to Jaden, five times to Daniel. I think that's really important. We're gonna look at some of those passes a little bit later on. But I thought he did really well. And not just when he's in trouble, turning back and hitting Dejan Lovren as the right centre-back. I think he did really well with moving the ball forwards. If we were looking at packing stats, he'd be taking players out of the game, playing through the midfield into the striker's feet or into the right-winger's feet of Mo Salah. So there you go. That is the clip from this week's Stats and Tactics. So we do this after most Liverpool games, definitely once a week. Sometimes it's a little difficult with the double game weeks, uh, but I'm really enjoying this series. I've done 11 episodes so far, and some of them are evergreen, I feel like. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's one of the... It's one of our subscribers' um, most liked shows. We do other shows like the Reds News Roundup, where we'll be discussing a lot of the news in brief that we've talked about today and the other issues that have cropped up both on and off the field. Uh, we do the final word after each show. It's £5 a month. Get over there and subscribe. We've got some great things upcoming on the website. A brand new website, of course, as well. But right now, we'll get back into the second major topic for discussion. And Tom... Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. <coughs> Excuse me. And Tom, <laughs> uh, that second topic for discussion really came about from looking at the league table. Yeah. Um, on the sta- aforementioned Stats and Tactics show, 
I looked at it and I thought, Jesus, wept. There's five teams separated by two points here. Because I know that Liverpool, Chelsea and Manchester, uh, Manchester City have been so good this season. Yeah. And sneakily, Arsenal have won 10 on the spin. And Tottenham are on 21 points as well. Are we gearing up for the best Premier League title race we may have ever seen? I think so. And, it, and it's weird because if you look at every single one of them first teams, they're top class. Every single, if 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 each fan could put down their top eleven and then just pit that against each other, they are some very very good games. Every single one of the managers for the top five are impeccable. Like just in terms of tactically astute, just being not afraid to do things, change things up. They have their own styles, which that's the best thing about the Premier League is we have some of the best managers in there as well as well as top players. It's really annoying that it's happening now and. Even though it's still happening, Man City is still unbelievable as well. But it's this is what the Premier League's about. We've had the top three. We had the top three in terms of it was uh, United, Arsenal, and Liverpool for a while. Then oh, Liverpool you're talking nineties now, exactly. aren't you? Yeah. Then Liverpool dropped off a bit, and it was them two just going at it. And I'm really happy to see a, res- a resurgence in terms of look. The, the, it means something now. If you win the Premier League, you are genuinely the best. Teams like Leicester couldn't win it again. And I know Leicester were fantastic, but genuinely, I, these five teams are too good now. That, that, I don't think that me, happens I, again. I, I look at it, and I, as you were talking then, I started to think about the different managers as you were mentioning them. And You know, you look at Pep, and you look at Klopp, and Sarri, and Emre, and Pochettino. And I feel like there's a change in the guard. And I think I said this in February to Stephen Housen when we were doing that video for Sporf, how I felt that Mourinho was a bit more of a dinosaur and the league's moved on. And yeah. looking at the top five in this table, I think I've been proved right on this. I think, you know, each one, none of those managers there, you would say, play defensive football. Now, Liverpool's defensive record has been much better this mm-hmm. season. But we certainly, our natural game isn't to play defensive football in the same way as a Mourinho or anything, is it? You know Pep Guardiola's going to come out and try and score goals. I mean, listen, they're free scorer, aren't they? They've scored 26 in nine, which is incredible. And then, you know, us and Tottenham only 16 goals, but Arsenal 22 goals. 20 for Chelsea. Just focusing on Chelsea and Arsenal though, Tom. Are we going to see a drop-off from these two managers and their teams? You know, Sarri at Chelsea, they look dangerous, but yeah. maybe they've not got the centre-forward to 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 have a proper title challenge over the full 38-game season. Arsenal look a little bit the opposite. They look like they can score goals on anybody, yeah. but can they keep tight at the back? Yeah, it, it's strange because when they first came in, I was like, well... Pretty new managers, you know what I mean, trying to come in, corral the team again. And I was like, okay, we're going to be all right for the season. This is kind of their, their, their break. Season almost. No, no, it's not. And maybe we will. I think each each one of them teams lower than us are a few injuries away from being, that's it. That's I think that's going to be really tough for them to carry it on. Man City have no worries about that. That's the problem. They haven't even had the best player playing yet. Exactly, and that's it. It's mad, isn't it? And they're still scoring five. Uh, we are on the edge of that, I feel. Um, we are getting, In terms of injuries? Yeah, because, I mean, we've got some, but we're okay. But, I mean, if we, I think if we get four, we're done. Whereas, I think Spurs, especially, if they get two... That's imagine Harry Kane and Deli Ali go out. Then what? You know what I mean? They've got oh, players. The Spurs things in, interest me, Tom, because you know they don't sign anyone and they don't let anyone go in the summer, mm. and, and that really is 
swimming against the 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 tide almost, isn't it? And sometimes I think back to some of the ran, more random non-fiction books that I've read over the years and. You know, there's nothing wrong with swimming in a different direction. There's nothing wrong with, you know, going against the the, the grain almost because sometimes, you know, everybody else can be wrong. Yeah. You can still be right. And that's not to say that strengthening's a bad idea, but there's got to be something to be said for keeping your team together, showing confidence in them, knowing that a good young side like Pochettino has and going, I believe in you guys, you can improve. And quite honestly... Considering how many English players they had and how far we got in the World yeah, Cup, yeah. I thought they'd be much further back and probably out the race by now, and they haven't, and they're probably just going to improve. And that's the thing, it's great, everyone in there knows the roles, there's no oh, new integration, oh, where should I be in this situation? Everyone knows where they should be, because they did it last season, and they did it in big games in Champions League. Uh, I remember um, they fell short, didn't they, at the end, but like they, they, they were a real force to be reckoned with. You saw them beating us, and sometimes you watch them and you're thinking, how are they... They have an extra man on the pitch. They have an extra man, and maybe that'll be the downside is the fitness towards the end, because, look, we've seen that with us a few times when we've had the team, that first team, 13-14, was great, and then can you really rely on anyone else? That's the problem. I think they're all class. They all are really, really, really top players. I'm going to focus a little bit on Liverpool now, and an area that I that I want to talk about is probably not something that we discuss too much on the shows. We might discuss it um, on the website occasionally, but one of the things is, and I think I think I might be right in saying this, but let me know in the comments section or, or on Twitter if you want to get in touch at Mr Blood Red or at the Red Men TV. I wonder whether we've seen. Hang on, I'll, I'll preface this. We've seen Klopp change his style every year. Mm-hmm. I think when he come when he came in first and foremost we had a long run in the Europa League and and obviously the Carlin Cup or whatever it was called back then. The next year we had a major drop off in January. Yeah. Last season we saw him rotate through the early parts of the season to try and limit the damage during that December January period. We've gone back this season to not rotating unless it's been almost enforced. I wonder whether the style of football that we're playing now is such that we don't need to rotate early on in the season because we have big games and I wonder whether we're going to be a little bit fresher late on because we're not playing as an expansive game because we're not pressing teams so high up the pitch we're letting them get to our half and we're not doing all of that running do you think that could be something the Klopp's evolved this side to do? Very possibly I think now that he can trust his defence maybe we just go alright let's sit a bit deeper and then we can trust our attack to to score on the counter attack there's been a few times this season where we should have scored on the counter. You think back to that Napoli game. We could have sn- we could have just snatched that a few times. I mean, the passing was off. Think about the Huddersfield game towards the end. Bobby Firmino makes the right pass. We could have scored there. And I've got no problem with that as long as we're we're, we're being smart about it. We're not. I think you're right about the pressing. Is we're we're, we're half pressing out. We would we're just blocking the passing lanes off, and then we are just waiting for them triggers. Like everyone in the team knows now. They know that's the trigger. Let's go and. I think it's it, it's really nice to see Klopp trying new things because we haven't we ultimately haven't won anything. There needs to be a progression. The like the progression now is to win something because we've done everything to get there apart from doing it, you know what I mean? So I, I I'm glad that he's not just stagnating with it, but it's Jürgen Klopp so we know that he's gonna always continue to take things on board, new ideas. It's probably why he's brought in so many new backroom staff. He's definitely changed some of his set piece things because the demands come in, the throw the throw and take it. Yeah, and he's just gone, Okay, tell me, 
give me your advice on what to do here. He's not, he's not, he knows that he doesn't know everything and that's the best thing about him. I love that from a management point of view. I think there is no better manager in the world than one that knows what his strengths and weaknesses are and aren't. And I think, you know, you can push your ego to one side and Jürgen Klopp certainly does that because he's not a throwing expert and he doesn't believe that he's a throwing expert and I think that's brilliant. One of the things that always gets asked to us and I don't think it's on the, the, the questions later on but it is worth discussing I think sometimes we still don't know what's happened with the brain. Bouvac, mm-hmm. uh, Klopp's right-hand man for 17 years or something like that. Yeah. And a lot of people are wondering whether Bouvac not being there is can be sort of aligned to the front three not playing well. What's your thoughts on that one? I reckon it's just a coincidence. I mm. really do. And I think we played some great football even after he'd left. We have played some great football this season. I don't because I don't know. Obviously Klopp spoke very highly of him and I was I was a bit dumbfounded when he'd left. But I don't know what he what he exactly did. Obviously with his advisor and he, he helped Liverpool win games he must have done. But like I, I don't know, he's brought I, in new people. I think I look at this and I think to myself, if he's worked with Jürgen Klopp for 17 years, Jürgen's probably got a pretty good understanding of this system anyway. Yeah. I think a lot of the, the gag and press was down to Bouvac. I think if you read stuff that Klopp said over multiple years and articles and books, you will understand that he has got the utmost respect for Bouvac in a, in a working sense, certainly when it comes down to the press side of things. But there are players, uh, sorry, there are coaches there now who can do just that. Yeah. You know, when Pep Linders left to go and uh, coach last year, his, his own side over in Holland, Klopp was gutted about that. Yeah. And it feels like you change the coach. Yeah, there is going to be a little bit of change, but that's not necessarily, you know, there might be a dip right now. But in the future, given time and space to work, these players might just click and we might be better than we were before. I, I think, I agree with you. I think it's a little bit of a coincidence right now. I think the pragmatism that was shown in not conceding goals will change I yeah. think you know, we will start to score goals but let me know your thoughts if you're watching on YouTube in the comment section below I'll be interested to hear everybody else's opinion on this one um, before we wrap up this section I had a look at the top six Liverpool's form against the top six last season and I wondered whether this is the area that we need to improve most to win this Premier League this season I think we've played three teams who you would consider our rivals this season we've won one against Tottenham Hotspur we've obviously drawn against Chelsea with that Daniel Sturridge goal and we drew 0-0 against Manchester City so we've won one and drawn two so far last season overall we only won two we drew four and we lost four. In previous years, Klopp's been very good in those top mm. six battles and almost come out on top, but we weren't able to beat the teams further down the table. Is this year about marrying those two things up for you? A tiny bit. I think we just need to cut the, the losses out. I mean, ultimately, I'm not too bothered. All I want is wins at home and draws away. That's the golden rule for me. That's That's what you go there for. You, obviously, sometimes that's not going to happen. You're playing against top top sides here. I, I think we're good enough to win every single one of them. We really are. But then so are the others, and that's the hard part. I, I Like I said, we let's just focus on winning at Anfield and then playing as compact as we can away from home. And that... I think we've got that in us now. I think in the past you would have thought, can we be compact? No, let's just go at them again and, and keep the intensity up. Whereas now I, f- I really do feel like we can stifle teams because there were so many times you'd come up against, uh, let's say, a Man United and mm-hmm. you go, 
we've come up against the low block system against, let's say, Stoke, and you go, well, we beat that, but we couldn't do it against United because they just had better players doing it. I think that's where we are now. We are the better players doing a low block. And that would be interesting to see how we do in those fixtures. I think, you know, getting that result against Tottenham Hotspur is obviously absolutely massive. Yeah. Drawing at home to City didn't sit right with me at the time. It still doesn't. I do feel like we could have gone a little bit harder and tried to get the win in that one. So we're going to get into some of your questions now. Uh, these are taken from Facebook from our Facebook subscribers group, from the website itself, uh, from Twitter as well. Uh, and this one, I think, is from Facebook, and it's John Hopkins. Was there ever a time you lost belief in Liverpool or the direction they were taking? Perhaps an awful run of results, etc., etc. I don't think I've ever lost belief in Liverpool, um, ever since I've properly started watching them, which was in 04. Um, but when Suarez left, and our striker was Sterling, who did a an alright job but that season after 13-14 broke me 13-14 destroyed me not the team I knew they put in everything they could to get there but just the the feeling around it like like a bad breakup a proper bad breakup and it still hurts to this day I can't think about that season there were so many great moments and I just can't think about it because it it hurt so much so it wasn't losing belief but it was more just real real heartbreak for me I think for me it was obviously Hicks and Gillette I think that that era of being a Liverpool fan we'd started the channel uh, not long before and you know a lot of people wouldn't have watched the channel back then but we you know we marched uh, to Anfield with everybody else we wore the standards corrupted shirt because I truly believe that Liverpool were in the wrong hands yeah you know the way that Hicks and Gillette ran the football club into the ground you know we were a few hours away from it's mad isn't it? not existing anymore and Everything else for me pales in comparison to that. I feel that heartbreak of 13, 14, like I did 2008, 2009, and like I did in every other season that we've come close. But nothing comes closer to the realisation that this club might not exist anymore and there would be a ginormous gaping hole in my life that was Liverpool Football Club. So for me, it's never anything but that and I never want to have to flirt with that ever again. Mad question. If that would have happened, Liverpool cease to exist what do you think you would have done would you because there would have been a club started from the ashes yeah. would that would you then would would you go to lower tier football and be watching them I think a lot of people would I think have. I would have yeah and I think what I realised is I enjoy football a lot mm. like I, it sounds stupid but I actually enjoy being there and yeah. watching the football a lot like and you know they're a different obviously they're, they're a different category of player and everybody loves to watch a world class player but one of the best games of football I've been to see in recent years was when we went to watch Dulwich Hamlet play in London and against some fucking other no mark London side in some fucking 17th division of English football and it was absolutely superb yeah. like and you know we've been down a couple of times to see AFC Liverpool I've, I've enjoyed yeah. watching that as well and hearing the tackles that you just can't hear at Anfield and you know being part of something smaller again I would have felt like I've I've got this huge thing I'm not going to support another Premier League club no Let's go for the ride, and that's probably what I would have done, and, and and that's why I do like what the you know what a lot of the lower league clubs, you know, AFC Liverpool, um, City of Liverpool are doing, and I wish I had more time to go and watch some of that stuff. Um, 
this one's from a male, uh, a regular on our website. Uh, he says, you can mind control Jose Mourinho for 10 seconds during his next press conference. What would you make him say? This is really, really tough. Yeah. Do you want to... Well, wanna... And libelous, I think, at times. So yeah. let's take the libelous shite out of there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, do you want to end this man's career? Do you want to potentially yes. end his life? Do you want to destroy his life? Because you could do a lot of things while he is at a press conference. You know what I mean? Uh, I've just gone with... I donate my severance money to LFC so if he did get that that had cleared it all so he just gets sacked on the spot because they're not asked about sacking him I mean you could do a number of things leave them in the comments we will know which ones they're answering to but um, yeah there's so many I think you know for me I, I would like him to say that Garcia scored. Yeah, I think yeah, I'd, I'd love him to to say that. Uh, I'd like him to say that Rafa Benitez was always a better manager than him. Ooh, yeah. um, I think that would hurt him a lot yeah. to have to say. Uh, and maybe something about a certain lady being right would be in there as well, if you know what I mean. Um, so there we go. Yeah, but as Tom says, leave yours in the comments section. I'll be really interested to hear what you've got to say on that one. Uh, Jonathan Cook, pick six dinner party guests from current football or managers they can never have been associated with Liverpool I st- I really I, I was like oh I want to talk to Klopp I want to yeah. talk to yeah. Kenny Daglish I know he's not allowed and all that I have picked one that's not a current one okay. just so you know I'm just throwing out there I'm cheating but I really want to talk to this guy and I may not have another opportunity well do you want to start because I've answered the first two okay I'll go with Pep Guardiola yeah I've got him I think he'd be so interesting yeah. and I haven't watched um, All or Nothing He's a completely different man to what I expected, and yeah. I want to. I'd I'd love to interview him in any way, shape, or form. And, and if a dinner party is the way, then a dinner party is in if fact going to be the way. You think about the clubs he's managed, like oh. comes Barca, then then um, Bayern, and now he's at Man City, the top clubs in his, in his leagues, and he's kept them there and more. You know what I mean? Just I want to just speak to him and just be like, how do you? You are one of the nearly regarded as one of the best managers ever. How does that sit with you? How do you kind of push that aside and carry on with your job? It must be mental. It must be the the drive and the determination that these fellas have, and I think that's the running theme through all of the mm. all of the things that I picked. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't pick a player. Did you? Uh, not a, no, actually one. Yeah, I did. I, so I I'm not interested in the players. No, same. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm really interested in the managers and how you control that type of a group of egos and, and all that type of stuff. After being a player as well with Guardiola there as well. That's it. And there's there's I've picked three former players that I know of. I'm unsure whether one was, but he may well have been. Um okay, my next one's Arrigo Saki. Okay. Um Almost a godfather of, of well, zonal marking, I suppose. And I don't mean zonal marking in a in your area from a corner. I mean zonal marking across the football yeah. fit, pitch, which is really adopted by every team now. You know, it used to be where it would be man marking all the way across, and and there are so many acolytes of Arrigo Saki that I respect. Rafa Benitez being one of them, Jurgen Klopp being another, and so many great managers over the years. Um, Who's the oh, Carlo Ancelotti? He's yeah. one of these guys as well. I'd love to sit down and have a conversation. I think he's just early seventies or something now. But you know, AC Milan he managed them over two stints. I think he managed uh, Real Madrid at one point, or maybe he was a director of football there. So you've got a wealth of stuff that you could sort of tap into. Is your second? Um, well, because it said current footballers and managers, I kind of kind of closed it down. So I was going to pick. Whoever, but uh, I've picked Sadoff, Clan Sadoff. Really, really want to speak to him. I was listening to 
He did something in a university, I can't remember. If you type in Clarence Seydorf University Talk, he basically did a talk with loads of university uh, students. That's how it works. Yeah, exactly, and it was fantastic. I was listening to this man talk about respect and how all the teams he played for, they were talking about leadership, and he was like, it's not about that, it's about being a good person, you know what I mean? And, and like, better than the people around you by being a good person, and just the, the way he's so humble. This man was one of the best footballers ever. He's won so many amazing things, part of so many amazing groups of people, and he's just sat there going, yeah, you can do that too. This is a fella who... I don't know whether people know this. I think I might be right in saying he's one of the only players to win a Champions League for three different clubs. I think he, he might be. He yeah. won it at Ajax, he won it at AC Milan, and he won it at Real Madrid. Yeah. So there, you talk, there's a guy who knows how to win at different football yeah. clubs throughout his career. I mean, what an in, yeah, what an interesting person. So good shout, very very good shout, uh, Zizou. Yeah, I've got him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh. fucking hell. Why wouldn't you want to sit down and eat your dinner off his bald head, mate? I would genuinely. I wanna. I, I wanna find out because he left football in such a mad way in terms of the headbutt, and that kind of overshadows everything in the same way that Gerard Slip kind of does the same thing. But you think back on just what he was. The the the. I can't remember what you call it. what you call it when you roulette in the pitch when you you know the spin that he did that he was famous for. I don't know what it's called, but where he it's sticks just his the foot, roulette, I don't yeah, know. I don't know. But he, that that move and the way he moved around the football pitch, beating some of the best players in the world, just the utter control he had of a football. He was the best. He was, he was the best. Like I mean, he played for that Juventus side that I absolutely adored in the nineties, and you know he was he was obviously outstanding and one of the Galacticos at Real Madrid, and the goal he scored in the Champions League final. Slightly better than Bales. Maybe my red centre glasses are on there a little bit. Um, it's better because he meant it. He meant that 100% to go into the top bin. I'm sure Bale meant it to go around the goal, but overhead kicks are inherently less in control than him planting his feet and swinging his weak foot and sending a top bin. I'm sorry. Okay. I, I Listen, I like your bravado on that one. <laughs> I'm going to back you on it. Um, I think, you know, he's done some stuff, and, and the fact that he's managed to win three t- three. Champions League titles at Real Madrid as well as in three. It is three, isn't yeah. it? Um, <coughs> excuse me. Another one for slightly different. Diego Simeone. Yeah, I've got him as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. I re- he's just mental. He's boss. He's, inc- he's yeah. incredible. You know, he's a he's a defensive style manager. I told you I was I was watching that video of him and they were like practicing hoofing the ball out yeah. at Atletico Madrid and he gets them to practice hoofing the ball out under pressure Guardiola's there with his rondos and his tick attackers and all this type of shit and Simeone's literally out in the ball and training that's boss and yet he's so successful with it but it's something that every team's going to do at least once you may as well train what you're meant to do like like he's trying to do where do you set yourself as soon as the ball's gone out and you think of some of the defensive players that he's got there Godin and you, you there's obviously more that I can't remember off the top of my head but um, but um, He's got. He had some amazing players there, but they're all amazing because of him as well. Yeah. They have the inherent tactical awareness and the skill to be able to put it onto the pitch. But he's gone. Do that. Do that. And that's why they're so good. And even when they move to like the Uruguay again, Godin, he's so good there because he's been. He's played with these. You know what I mean? Amazing players and this manager. Who did he play with, Godin? 
Um, you played with loads, lad. Loads of people leaving a comment saying how stupid I am. Thank you. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm gonna pick Joe Chimlo as an outside shot. Okay, that's an interesting one. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't want him picking his nose at me dinner yeah, party yeah. if I'm perfectly Scratching honest with balls. you and all that type of and sniffing his hands yeah. and all that. Like, uh, I'm not into that, Joe Chim. So we're gonna have to set some ground rules if you're coming. But a World Cup winner, and I don't, I haven't got a World Cup winner on there. Oh really? Wow. No, so um Saki never did it, Pep hasn't done it, Zizo hasn't done it, Simone hasn't done it. So I wanted somebody who's been through something and you know, he built that Germany side up from they were nowhere in, yeah. in world football at the time and he was there for a long period of time and he's not only had the highs but he's also had the lows after the highs and I I'd really I think he'd be a really interesting the conversation. Lows. <laughs> Is that your six anyway? No, Mourinho, but I'm poisoning him in on the pudding course. What? <laughs> no, you know what? Everyone, everyone agree with you on that one. I, I, I would agree. So I, my last three are Omri. I really oh, feel like yes. just, just speaking to him about just how good of a player he was. He, he was one of them where you, you go back and watch his compilations, and you don't really do him justice because it's just him scoring worldies constantly. But you think about he came in as a winger, Arsene Wenger, early days, and he's just gone. No, you're a striker now, and he transformed the Premier League, really, didn't he? Mm. Um, the next one's uh, Luka Modric. Good shout. I really want to know what goes on in his head, because he played... He, he's, he was, like, for me, one of the original ones that I saw go from an English club to Real Madrid and just tear it up and, and show everyone how good... Obviously, there was a load more Steve before that. Panama. Exactly, but I... You know what I mean? I didn't really care too much to be honest with you um, I was I didn't watch football you know what I mean so Modric just being the player he is he's unbelievable like really really good and the last one is uh, Diego Maradona how many have you picked there well seven because Zidane was in there but I didn't I didn't. <laughs> I mean come on no you're not having Maradona no, no, alright I'll change just, Modric for no, Maradona alright I know why you're having Maradona in there you so want to get the party started yeah, yeah I, wanna, I really want to see him go at the party table, like, he'd be mad. Defo, he's got some white powers all over you. Glassed in the table, hasn't <laughs> um, Why didn't I pick Maradona that one? He'd be a great party I'd guest. I'd love to meet him. Uh, I'm not sure Pep and Saki would get on with him, but anyway, who gives a shit? It's Diego Maradona. Uh, Joe Allen says, and we've spent far too long on that question, but it's cool. Yeah. Thank you, Jonathan. Uh, Joe Allen, not we, Joe, said, do you... Th- <coughs> <laughs> do you think a team can dominate the next decade the way Liverpool used to and unfortunately the way Man United did the less of that the better or the same old constant drop-offs like Chelsea have done especially as I as I always say great content um, I'll answer this one first I think it is possible Yeah, I think it's going to become increasingly more difficult as time goes by um, If it seems to me like at some point there is going to be and it may be or it probably already has there is a massive split between the top six and the rest of the league at the moment I feel like a couple of years of dominance for Manchester City could mean that the top split from the top, you know, the yeah, top team, yeah, almost the cream splits from the, even the, even the other top teams. And I think with given the vast sums of money now, teams are going to have to go about it a different way. I think you know this development style plus spending loads of money that Jurgen Klopp is trying at Liverpool will be one of those ways. I think Chelsea utilising the new manager and then the drop-off is going to happen at the same time. But I do feel like dominance isn't winning 10 leagues on the bounce. Dominance is winning 6 of 10. And I feel like this Manchester City side, maybe a Liverpool side could do this. And, you know, Chelsea are in the middle of it. Yeah, I I honestly think Man City are too good at the moment. And I think until Pep Guardiola leaves, they are going to show a period of dominance that... 
I don't think is going to be rivaled. Obviously, in recent years, just purely because they're they're so consistent. I'll be interested to see what happens when David Silver leaves yeah. and company leaves and how that drop off is because they're so integral to that team. That's going to be their big test for City. These stalwarts of the team who have pulled them through so many times over and over and over and are still world class. Once they've gone. Have they got people in reserve? I know they do. Are they going to be good enough? Maybe not. And that's going to be their big test. Interesting. Uh, Andrew Haas says, is Tom really 23? Because this is blowing my mind. Yeah, I, I feel like I look a bit younger now because I've had a shave and longer hair. Um, Let me know in the comment section whether you think Tom looks younger now because he's had a shave. And what's your hair? And I, I've just I've grown it out. It's getting cut today, though. Hopefully, if we have time. I don't think we will have time. But it's getting cut. I've got sunken eyes because I'm tired all the time, and uh, I grow beard, so I look older. I've been told get I've been told that I was like 34 before. Yeah. Genuinely, first time people meeting me, people who were 34 have been like, "Yeah, you're 34, you." I'm like, "What? I don't understand it. I don't get it." Uh, etc. etc. That it? Yeah. Do you want me to explain why I don't look why not? Like a fucking old man, to be fair. Like, yeah. um, Owen Balakiston says, you wake up, it's Diego Costa climbing through the be- your window in a frog costume. What do you do, Tom Dutton? I absolutely shit myself, <laughs> and then I go live on Facebook, so at least I'm guessing he's going to kill me. He's in my room in a frog costume. Why else would he be in there except to stab me? So, live on Facebook, everyone can at least watch me. And uh, it'll go all over the internet, and I don't know, it'll be funny, wouldn't it? I'm going straight to my wardrobe, getting my bow and arrow out, my wife's bow and arrow out of the wardrobe. It's a big fucking six-foot motherfucker. If you want to see it, it's on one of the vlogs from last season, uh, the year before, maybe when we went to see Newcastle. Uh, the bow and arrow, that is not Diego Costa in my bedroom. <laughs> That's not on YouTube anywhere. Or is it? Yeah. Um, and I am going to shoot him with my bow and arrow, first and foremost, and then I'm nicking his frog costume. Okay, you're putting a lot of confidence in yourself being able to get to a wardrobe, <laughs> find the bow and arrow, put the bow and arrow in your hands, ready to shoot, turn around, <laughs> shoot Diego Costa, who's running around in a frog costume. I mean, if you can do it... You don't you run th- around in a frog costume, Tom. In my head, his frog costume, right, limits him. He's okay, not just okay. merely a man in a in a in a skin suit. Okay. He is now full on frog. He is having to do this. He's right. That's in his frog costume. And I have pure got time. That's even scarier. Now that you've put that in my head, Diego Costa doing that is that's gonna be my nightmare, is that? Good. And well, you know what you need to do? That's my Halloween costume. Well, that's why I said I'm nicking the costume after the fact, like uh, arrow hole or not, I'm having that bad boy off. Uh, thanks for your question, Owen. <laughs> at Bert Shesh, what's your opinion on Liverpool fans that aren't locals? Can I just say this? They're still Liverpool fans. Oh, of course they are. Yeah. And, and, and in my experience, look, we've been over to Germany for the pre-season stuff and I've met so many Liverpool fans from Germany who have come over to Liverpool since I'm meeting some in the next week or so because I've made really good friends with them through football. That's a common language. Obviously, they can speak English, so that's also the common language. <laughs> that is the common language. Yeah, that is the common language, otherwise you can talk. But well, are you just going for a game of footy with them? I've done that before. Spoke like I've just been like, football? And then we've played a game of football and then we've said... He said out of wide, and I've said in a bit, lad. Um, Where was this? It was when I went to Portugal the other week. He played football with some randomers in Portugal. One randomer, and he was really loads better than me. 
Did you tell him you, you were 23 slash 34? No, but he, no, I was about, doesn't matter. How old, um, how old was he? I don't know. We didn't, we didn't talk. He was French, man. He was just how a French. How did he look? We had a romantic night, okay? Playing football in the sunset. Yeah. Um, And then his bear came. <laughs> oh, mate, at least someone came. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly, but... Uh, no, look. Every time I've been over there and spoke to them, they are just as big fans, and 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 I don't think it matters. To be honest, I I understand the local side of it, and you need that in there. You need the a core of people like that, but you also need expanding. That's why we're better than Everton. They go on saying I would local club. Fuck being local club. I want to be able to go to America and speak to people who support Liverpool in America. That's amazing to me. I want to be able to speak to people who love this club for different reasons, having different perspectives, and then you you can take that on board. That's that's my opinion anyway. And you know what? I I, I fully agree with that and I fully back it. And you know, I haven't done this for so long now, you know, we're we're into our eighth year of of doing Redmen TV and stuff and speaking and not only meeting but speaking to people in comments on Twitter on Facebook and everything about this football club and you know it's interesting to find out why people are interested in this club why this club you know what's the story behind it it's not it's people always say oh it's your Champions League in 2005 I could probably count on one hand how many people have actually told me that there's always been something else there's always been a link there through yeah. family or another big game or maybe it was a big loss yeah. the, the, and, and maybe it's the city itself maybe it's the politics of the city maybe it's the fact that Liverpool's a poor city that's opened itself up to people from different generations uh, from different backgrounds and cultures for years and years and we've had our back to the rest of England yeah. and for some reason we just seem to get on now there are a minority of Liverpool fans who think you know, they don't want that. And I don't agree with that opinion at all. But what also strikes at the heart of me is I'm a huge NFL fan and I would be the biggest fucking hypocrite in the world yeah. to say that, no, you can't support Liverpool. I support the Minnesota Vikings from Minneapolis, for yeah, goodness yeah. sakes, you know what I mean? Exactly. And I feel an affinity with that city. My favourite bands from that city as well yeah. as, as my favourite American football team and the Hold Steady. And there's, I don't know, there's something about it and there's the words that the Hold Steady and they talk about these places in, in, in Minneapolis. And it reminds me of Liverpool yeah. and of my time growing up because I think, you know, Craig Finn is one of the, greatest songwriters of our generation and he every song I listen to I can park back to something from my childhood and me growing up and th- th- I don't know there's just something I, cool about it I do get the, the 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 local fans like I get it you need locals in you the do. stadium you do need local fans and you want the next generation of fans to be there and show that support but the reason why you want that is to teach people who aren't locals what the culture is that's why you want them there you don't want them there to exclude themselves you want them there and you need them there because you need to go no this is the way and it's something about having perspectives, but you need to hold the core of, no, you sing for You'll Never Walk Alone. There's a reason why you do that. It's because we do that. And if you want to be a part of what this is, you, you've got to follow That's in some it. of the traditions. That's it. And listen, there's some scousers out there that could learn, learn a thing or two about that, yeah, that yeah. as well, to be honest with you, because I go to the match so many times. It's not just... I see scousers who don't sing You'll Never Walk Alone. It's more, people, it's more people chatting to their mates than people with cameras out filming it, you know what I mean, who don't sing, in my experience, and the people who, I've had so many times when I've been sat at the back of the cop, singing my heart out, and there was two, two Asian fellas sat next to me, and by, like, the start of it, they were a bit reserved, and by the end of it, they were up, and uh, they didn't know the words to all the songs, but they knew the Liverpool ones, Liverpool, Liverpool, and they belted that out every single chance they could, because they enjoyed it, and... 
I know for a fact they fell in love with that with this club more for being included. It, no one turned around and went, "What? Sorry, what? What are you doing?" Everyone went, "Yeah, let's go. Let's we're, we're the same family." That's it, and, and you'll never walk alone. That's what it's all about, isn't it? It says it in those few words. And one of the things that I would say, and to anybody watching it who's planning on coming over to Anfield for the first time, we really don't like half and half scarves. Yeah, like yeah. We, we absolutely think they are the pits. Yeah. Um, now. If you really, I, I get why they're popular. To be honest with yeah, you, do you, because it's a memento from that game. Yeah, but a memento works the same. It just doesn't happen to have the the, the club crest of the other team on. Get yourself a scarf. Yeah, you know what I mean. Or if you want a half and half scarf, put it in a bag. Yeah, put and it wear, away. wear something that just says Liverpool yeah. on it. And I think you'd be you'd have a much better time. And you feel much more included because those half and half scarves drive people up the fucking wall. I don't like them, to be fair. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna have a go at anyone who has them. Like I'll see someone with them, and I'm not gonna be like, oh, what are you doing? Put that. But like, I'm just like, no. Yeah. Come on. Don't then. don't be holding a half and half Man United Liverpool scarf. That's the worst. That's the that's the worst. Or do, one. but cut it in half and throw the Man United half in the bin. Yeah. yeah. And then just have half scarf. In which yeah. case, you may as well just buy a. Buy a, buy a full Liverpool squad. Or buy United one and set it all on fire. Uh, last question of this before we move on to the subscriber special Q&A podcast just available on the website where we continue these type of questions. We've got so many good ones coming in as well. <laughs> yeah, um, na- but the last question of this is Niall Kavanagh. Would you be up for a five-a-side game against Goldbridge and Co? And who would be in the side? Yes. Who'd be on his team? I don't know. Goldbridge World? Uh, I, I don't watch I, him to be I honest. Don't know. I, listen, Goldbridge takes a lot of stick on Twitter and, and Facebook, and he's got, he's got. He, I think he thinks we've got something against him. Do you know what I mean? And we and we don't. No. Uh, you know, we we laugh at all of his his memes in just the same way that every Liverpool fan laughs at him. I'd be a hundred percent up for oh, too, playing him in a five a side game. Um, We'd win. I'd hope so. No, I think we would. No ringers. No, no ringers. You can't, you can't be bringing ringers in. No. That's why I'm saying who play for them because I don't know who plays, who, who does. Well, go nah, United stand is they've got is it Flex or Fleck or something like that as well, and you know they've got a few others over there now, and, and you know what they're doing really well on YouTube. So fair play to them. Um, Our team's good. Well, who is in your team? Because I could only pick four. Well, for this crunch tie, it's Paul and goal. Yeah, then Jamie Holden. Jamie, there, there it is. Go. Yeah, yeah. J- J- Jamie's very good at football, by the way. Yeah, get Jamie in there holding it. And then I think size on the right because he likes to get up and down the wing. You're the link between the 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 defense and the midfield. You like to you're a hard tackler, and I feel like you can play a good pass. And I'll just kind of roam around the front. I'm not a I'm not a striker by any means, but I think I could do a job. Okay, um, I've picked a different side to you. No side, unfortunately, on my side. Oh really? I've gone Ben. Okay, yeah, Ben's I, a good player. He's a good player. And I'm going to use him as the centre forward. I will pick Paul in goal. Me and Jamie at the back, and, t- and you'll be that linchpin between the midfield and the attack. I'll be honest, I totally forgot about Jamie, and I'm sure you probably forgot about Ben. Yeah, did you? Yeah, Ben's a good player. He's a good player. Um, I, I was going to pick Amy above sign. I'm so sorry. You know what? She'd be good apart from she's, she's got a done in knee, so no, we couldn't play. No. But so I, I'm getting into the side then in that instance. I'm yet. Uh, again, I'm really sorry, sorry. I'm yet to see her play. She says she's good. She's a right back, though, so she would be taking side spots in that team, to be fair. So. She, yeah, she probably just for the side. record. Are you going to put Amy ahead of Sai now? Uh, on principle, because I've known Sai longer. No, are oh, you little bitch? Look, Sai, Sai, Sai's my friend. Sai's your BFF. Yeah, yeah. 
And there we go. That's how we end the show. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for subscribing to the Redmen TV on YouTube. If you want to catch the Q&A section of the show, then do go over, subscribe to the website. It's £5 a month, first month free. If you like it, keep it. If you don't like it, fuck it off. Cheers for watching. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.